Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We said yes to science. We said yes to vaccines. We said yes to ending this pandemic. We said yes to people's right to vote without fear of fake fraud or voter suppression. We said yes to women's fundamental constitutional right to decide for herself what she does with her body, her fate, and future. I hate you more. We said yes to diversity. We said yes to inclusion. Shut up, you lying sack of cat fur. We said yes to all those things you that we yes hold dear diversity, as Californians, you and I would argue as Americans. You, you, you slandered a black man. You and your tools at the L.A. Times called him the blackface of white supremacy. You're an honorary Klansman, Gavin. That's a decent point right there. The whole, we said yes to diversity. Whoa, wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, my God. Every word of that was just, oh, God, I want to fight somebody. Mm-hmm. Somebody, I don't know. Somebody. <laughs> That is uh, Evander Holyfield conscious yet? I'll fight him. None of the supportive Democrat-leading media in California had any problem with a woman in a, a white woman in a gorilla mask attacking a black candidate. We said yes to diversity. The thing that depressed me about that clip when I heard it was none of that stuff is true. People said yes to voting the same way they've always voted because they've been scared out of uh, the idea of any alternative. Doesn't matter that there's bums everywhere and taxes are incredible and California lost population for the first time in its state's history and all these different things. That's People didn't say yes to science and yes to diversity and all these things he claims. People said yes to the, the same machine being in charge. And I just find that depressing. If we were actually debating issues and my side lost, I would think, well, either uh, you know, I need to make better arguments or realize I'm in the minority. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. It's just so freaking frustrating. It's it, it the the, uh, the voters said yes to. I guess we'll keep doing the same things because I was told that Trump is going to be governor somehow if Newsom loses. And the fact that the most powerful unions in America that run California got out the vote and spent tons of money on making sure all their members voted and everything. That's that's what happened. It's not saying yes to any of these things. It's just and it makes me sick. It's just it's depressing. It's depressing. Like I said, I would be okay with losing any elections that were about arguing about the issues. And, you know, so we'll make better arguments next time or we'll find a better car. But, but that's not that's not what it is anymore. It's just we, we stick with our sides and it's so damned frustrating. It wasn't even close, by the way, the California recall. I don't know what the final number is going to be, but it, uh, as of last night when they called it and everybody came out and gave their concession speech. Um, Larry Elder did and uh, Caitlyn Jenner, <laughs> not that she was ever really running because the numbers were so overwhelming. It was like 65 percent to 35 percent is somewhere around where it's going to end up for keeping Gavin Newsom. And I'm not wholly convinced that it would have made a heck of a lot of difference if Gavin Newsom had gotten recalled anyway. To a certain extent, I think maybe um, him writing out his term. And then having a full, longer election next time around might be a better shot for Republicans anyway. But it's it's just depressing. Um, you know, it's it's similar to the, the presidential election. It, it wasn't won by a guy making better arguments. It was enough people that didn't like Trump voted for the guy that wasn't Trump. I mean, it wasn't about issues. It's, 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 ah, 
I can't take it anymore. So if uh, we always say if you miss an hour of the show, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com and get the podcast. We are going to get back into a couple of the big stories of the day. By the way, we have more Norm MacDonald clips as the great comedian. Some believe among the top or maybe the best comedian of all time in terms of stand-up. Norm MacDonald died yesterday, so we got more clips coming up. But we got to get back into a couple of different stories. The Senate hearing with Secretary of State Blinken yesterday, in which the senators brought it uh, a lot tougher questions to Secretary Blinken than the House members did the other day, including Democrats. So he got it from Republicans and Democrats on how the hell did Afghanistan go so badly. So we've got some more of that to get to. And the Bob Woodward book, the latest Bob Woodward book that is coming out in a couple of weeks. And um, as Byron York said, the publicity machine, the Bob Woodward publicity machine is up and running and they always leak juicy tidbits to get everybody talking about the book. And they've done it this time around around the idea that General Milley, who's chairman of the Joint Chief of Staffs, um, it, uh, was was he trying to pull a coup? Did he get between himself and the nuclear football, even though the president's supposed to make the call on that? All that sort of stuff we're going to get to in a little bit. But I wanted to bring you this story, because it just happened. North Korea has fired two ballistic missiles into eastern waters. Uh, in defiance of U.N. resolutions, obviously. The second weapons test in several days. Now this, and we're not talking about the one from a couple of days ago. This is new. That experts say is shows they're pressing ahead with their arms buildup and their plan for either getting better nuclear weapons or just trying to get aid or who knows what they're trying to pull off. Uh, but Japan's pretty unhappy about it. And so they are really bumping up their military exercises to the greatest extent since the end of the Cold War. Uh, which has some people concerned. Uh, If Japan's concerned, uh, in the past we've talked about, why are we so worried in the United States? Japan is right next door and they don't seem to be worried. Well, they do seem to be worried now. I don't know if these military exercises are because they're worried about China and China moving on Taiwan or because of North Korea's missiles, but Japan did have a giant nuclear or um, military exercise with 100,000 troops that they've got going on this week. And again, the biggest exercises they've had since the end of the Cold War. So that's something to keep our eye on. But we'll get into some of the Woodward book this hour and whether or not General Milley did something completely unconstitutional. Senator Marco Rubio of Florida has already called for the resignation of General Milley. Uh, People inside the Pentagon are pushing back and saying none of this ever happened. So we'll try to get uh, dug in on the the details of that. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Stick around for all that. So as David Letterman said of Norm MacDonald, there might be people as funny as Norm MacDonald, but nobody was funnier than Norm MacDonald. I think that is true. One of the great stand-up comics of all time died yesterday at only 61 years old. Turned out he had cancer for most of the last 10 years. I believe it is his brother is reporting it's leukemia, which is kind of the guess a lot of people had. If It's not easy to battle cancer straight on for 10 years unless it's something like leukemia. Uh, anyway, he, um, a lot of people are pulling out their favorite clips and man, I spent a lot of time on YouTube and retweeted a whole bunch of them yesterday on the Twitter feed. Some of my favorites, 
But this is Norm MacDonald uh, back in the days on John Stewart's Daily Show. It was just days after Steve Irwin had passed. And uh, we can tell you the facial expression of John Stewart is he gets quite cracked up by this. I wanted to talk about the crocodile hunter because I think, you know, it was, it was tragic yes. at the time. But I think, <laughs> I don't know, people calling me, man, they're shocked. Oh, hey, you wouldn't believe it. Who got killed? The crocodile hunter. <laughs> don't, please don't make me laugh at this. This I mean, is not, this is like, not good He was do. 44 years old. I'm like, that's a ripe old age for a crocodile hunter. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who had to be pissed about it were the crocodiles, because uh, he got killed by some fruity fish. And, uh, so, you know... You know, the crocodiles were like, hey, man, that crocodile hunter got killed. Who did it, Frank? Uh, uh, you don't even want to know, man. Please, please don't do this anymore. Yo, Bill, man, you had a chance. The guy go, man, I had a chance. I had that mother... He was... He was Tommy with a stick. I could have eat him and his kid. And that was days after when the you know the country was in mourning about the crocodile hunter and John. Yeah, he uh, he definitely had a willingness to make others very very uncomfortable. But it wasn't as for some reason, like I said earlier, coming out of him there was because he was smiling or something about his personality. He could say things that you would think, hey, he's not serious about it, so... I, I wish I could get that look he always had in his eye in mine <laughs> for, like, a minute. He, he always... He, 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 you know what? Norm MacDonald, he always looked like he was about to crack up. He always looked like there was something in his mind that was hilarious. Yeah, I know. God dang it. Dang it. Um. Anyway, so... This new book that is out is getting a lot of attention, the Bob Woodward book. And uh, I'll just I'll just read as the way the dispatch has written it today. A new book from Bob Woodward and Robert Costa, set to be released next week, reports that Joint Chiefs Chairman General Mark Milley conducted rogue back-channel diplomacy late last year and early this year because he believed President Donald Trump, quote, had suffered a mental decline after the election. Milley reportedly told senior military officers that he had to be involved in any decision to launch a nuclear weapon and called his Chinese counterpart twice to assure him that the United States would not attack or that he would warn them if we were going to attack, which is a heck of a thing. Ah, yeah, the elements of surprise and everything here, General. Now, Fox News' Jennifer Griffin is disputing that reporting, saying Milley did not try to insert himself into the chain of command regarding the launch of nuclear weapons, and that there were 15 people, including a State Department representative on the video calls with the Chinese officials, so it wasn't him alone. Senator Mark, well, I, you know, I would I would just quibble with that characterization in the dispatch. A lot of people denied it to Jennifer Griffin, and she said a lot of people denied it. That doesn't mean... That she refuted it per se. I mean, if I did what they did, if I'm sorry, if I did what they're alleged to have done, I'd have denied it too. They they have to. I mean, if they're yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, that's exactly. We were all in the room and we all agreed that he would make the decision on anything, despite what the president said. That and that people don't react to that with just saying okay, then well, that's fine. Then 
So you took charge of the 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 nuclear arsenal of the United States for a while. Okay, that's fine. Well, no. troubled times, Jim. I understand. That's not the way it works. Uh, and a little bit more from the dispatches reporting. Um, Senator Marco Rubio has called on President Joe Biden to fire Milley after the allegations. And tr- now th- I hadn't heard this. Do you remember old Alexander Vindman from the impeachment? I do. Trump impeachment witness and former National Security Council staffer Alexander Vindman, obviously no Trump fan as he played a part in trying to get him booted out of office, said Milley should resign if the reporting is accurate. Wow. Interesting. Well, I think he absolutely, he, I think he has to resign if the reporting is accurate. And that's why uh, a number of people, Byron York and the Examiner today, is saying, Millie's got to come out and answer questions today. He needs to do a press conference or make a statement or something. Because if this stuff is true, he absolutely went rogue and needs to, to quit and maybe be prosecuted. Or he has to make the case, I didn't go rogue, I went hero, because Trump was unhinged, and here's how I knew it, blah, 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 and make the case. Hero is the way he's being portrayed on your uh, left-leaning channels, no doubt, MSNBC, CNN, all those kind of people, just, you know, he will go down in history as the hero that saved America uh, in the final days of Donald Trump, that sort of thing. Um I I don't know. I don't know what's going to come out of this. Bob Woodward himself says these are the first drafts of history. That's what these books are. He expects them to be amended and updated through time. But this is the the first draft of these stories. And uh, this, the, the, these are the quotes he got from all these people so far. Okay, now you come out and, uh, you know, add to it or uh, contradict it with your facts or whatever. All right. I'd love to ask some of the lefty journalists who are falling all over themselves praising the general, and and we could play. Why don't we play that just to set the scene? Uh, Number 63, Michael. He seems to be the greatest patriot uh, that was on duty during the previous administration. I have to say is emerging as a pretty important and heroic American figure in this era. I don't blame General Milley for any of this. It is much I blame Donald Trump. He felt he couldn't trust Trump and needed to take all necessary precautions to prevent him from doing something dangerous. Was that now, second voice Michael Schmidt, the fraudster from the Lincoln oh, Project? I think it was. Oh, my was God. Was it? Nobody should you're ever quoting hear from him. Nobody should ever hear from him again if that's who it unless, was. Unless you're doing some sort of podcast on how to commit fraud. <laughs> then I'd like to hear from him. But anyway, the point I, I was trying to make in playing those boxes of hair is that, all right, so evidently you're saying this did happen. It's true. And therefore, General Milley is some sort of hero. Well, if he did go outside the chain of command. He was making clandestine contacts with Chinese generals. He was uh, insisting that military officers swear allegiance to him instead of to the Constitution. Well, then he needs to explain himself. He needs to say, yes, it was something like a, uh, not a coup, but we were getting ready in case it was necessary. You can't just praise him and move on. Or else, or else, potentially, you're going to get this every single president. Well, right. And where do you draw the line? That's that's where it gets into a problem really fast. What if you had generals who thought, no, what Barack Obama's deal he's making with Iran is no good for America and Israel. That this is a, he is out of his mind if he thinks this is going to work. We're going to get between him and that decision somehow. You can't have that. No, no, absolutely not. So which one is it, lefties? I wonder if Millie does come out and talk by the end of the day. Do you- 
I think the fact that Senator Marco Rubio is uh, is out saying that Biden needs to fire Milley, um, if there are a few more vo- voices that go that direction, I think Biden will either have to address it or Milley will have to address it. Or it has to get addressed on some level. Um, you know, Democrats control the House and the Senate, so Republicans can't really get an investigation going that fast on their own, but... This 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 needs to be answered. This is a big deal. If this is what happened, if if General Milley had a whole bunch of people swear an oath, and that is the reporting in the Bob Woodward's book, he had a whole bunch of people in the chain of command swear an oath to him that you will not make any military moves without clearing it with me. Okay, Bill? Okay, Bob? Okay, Jim? Does everybody understand me? Look me in the eye. Tell me you understand that it has to get cleared with me. He doesn't get to do that. That's not, he doesn't have the power to do that. And we can't have a system where one guy can decide, no, this president's out of his mind, or this president's making bad decisions and I need to take charge. You can't start down that road, obviously. So, yeah, I would hope that uh, General Milley will have to speak to this at some point. But, man, a lot of that reporting has an awful lot of quotes for it to not be accurate. We will find out. If you miss an hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, to get them, and we'll follow up on a whole bunch of other stories in a little bit, including some of the hearings yesterday that uh, General Milley should have to answer to also on getting out of Afghanistan. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're getting a lot of responses on the text line uh, along the lines of, so January 6th was a coup attempt we're supposed to be very scared of, but the fact that the general, according to Bob Woodward, actually pulled a coup, like made the other military leaders swear an oath to him and he took charge of the nuclear arsenal is not something to be concerned about. We'll be talking about this more in coming days and weeks when the book comes out. I, uh, w- but if you're a baseball fan, I want to point you to the website. I just saw the video for the first time. Some people are calling it the worst pitch in Major League Baseball history. I don't. There have been some bad pitches through the years. You know, the, they go straight up into the stands or whatever. Well, and who was the fellow who who lost the ability to pitch? He like lost his mind and had to go to the outfield because he couldn't hit the strike zone anymore. So anyway, this yeah, plenty pitch, of bad pitches. This pitch hit the mound. That's not easy to pull off. Kansas City Royals against the Oakland A's. He actually hit the mound with the ball. Now that's an errant pitch. Anyway, we've got it at armstrongandgetty.com. Wow, unless he hit himself in the head with the pitch. I mean, that's about as bad as it gets. <laughs> I can't threw it straight into the ground. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see that. He just hung on to it for like a half a second too long. <laughs> well, I'd say. I'd say. All right, Michael, is our theme music ready? There's a tsunami of wokeness. <laughs> you know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke turns to shit. That's right. It's a tsunami of wokeness. Let's start in Washington State, where the high school wanted to mark the 20th. That's the Chinese national anthem, by the way. Okay, I didn't know what that because was. Because they are avowed Marxists, most mm-hmm. of the woke crowd. Or... or uh, 
unconscious Marxists because they're such morons. They just do what their professor tells them. Anyway, you can feed that, Mark. Mike, we'll start at Washington State where a school wanted to mark the 20th uh, anniversary of September 11th by wearing red, white, and blue uniforms at a patriotic-themed game. But at the last minute, we're told, no, we're going to go with the regular uniforms. When an unnamed staffer at East Lake High School said a student, uh, da, 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 he was informed that the red, white, and blue was going to be seen as racially insensitive and may affect people in a way that we will not understand. And for that reason, we were to change our theme. Was the key uh, word there, uh, or, uh, the one-letter word A, A student? Well, uh, no, I'm sorry. A student told the the paper that he was told by an unnamed okay. staffer that red, white, and blue is is racially insensitive and might be seen as offensive, so we can't wear it. Gotcha. Just unfreaking believable. Meanwhile, at the other end of the country, a Virginia high school teacher posted a video criticizing the concept of students behaving themselves and sitting quietly in class, which is absolutely necessary to the educational process, at least to a large extent. Uh, she said, behaving themselves and sitting in class is part of white supremacy. We're going to have this tape for you in its uh, completion in a little bit, but uh, the teacher says, I stated that PBIS, which is a, a, a framework used by Virginia public schools, is uh, is white supremacy with a hug. And a lot of y'all wanted to know more about that. The teacher appears to be Josh Thompson, English teacher at Blacksburg High School. Um he said, uh, da, 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 da. so if PBS concerns itself with these positive behaviors, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what are those positive behaviors? And it's things like making sure that you're following directions and making sure that you're sitting quietly and you are in your seat and all of those things that come from white culture. This is the weirdest part of the whole weird thing, and that is saying something. Because there's That's a lot right. of weirdness with the cultural appropriation and you can't wear red, white, and blue and all the crazy crap that's been going on, but... This whole, it's it's white supremacy to show up to work on time or sit still in class. There's just, I mean, what could be more insulting than that? Oh, my God. You talk about the bigotry of low expectations. That is just awful. So following directions, according to this guy, and the sickos who think like him, showing up on time, working hard, Working independently, those are all white supremacy. It's unbelievable. Tell you what, folks, it's a tsunami of wokeness. You know, there's a tsunami of wokeness. You don't really need to work, wait till the, the verse starts to play the do. It's just too slow, Michael. This is the go-go 21st century. That's TikTok funny. is making millionaires with seven-second videos. By the way, that voice I'll is... better. That voice is Sam Harris, one of the uh, smartest, loudest lefty liberals out there who agrees with me on nothing, except for the fact that wokeness might be the most dangerous thing going on in America. I would agree completely. By the way, this this yuck yuck who's actually teaching children goes on to say that the brutalization of colored people by police uh, policemen is um, is directly related to the work we're doing in the classroom. So he's one of those real uh, social justice warrior types who believes, like the guy from Natomas, California, that you know I got eight months to turn these people into revolutionaries, and he's teaching in school. Beautiful. 
That's something. I've adopted the term government schools instead of public schools. I think it's a more useful term. I think public schools has almost become a euphemism. I think you might be right. And, uh, yeah, I think it puts the emphasis in the right place. I mean, it's you don't have uh, a trial, the public versus Joe Getty. It's, you know, it's the people of California or whatever. It's clearly the government. They're government schools. Do you want the government health care? Everybody say no. Do you want, uh, you know, government uh, child care? Hell no. That sounds sickening to me. Do you want government schools? Why? Now, I think there ought to be public education uh, uh, available, obviously, but it needs to be reformed like crazy. I think it's a cesspool of ideology. So I've got another story out of Washington, the Seattle area, how the whole experiment with defunding the police is going. It's not going well. Surprise ending. Shocker. I hope I didn't spoil it for you. It's not going well, the whole uh, defund the police. Uh, But maybe we'll get to that a little bit later. Do you want to play this Norm MacDonald clip we've been putting off for some reason? Um, Where he's on The View. Oh, yes, I want to jam that in. This is pretty good. This is kind of long. The important thing, since you're just hearing the audio and not seeing the video, is is how incredibly uncomfortable all the hosts of The View were at the time, including Barbara Walters and Joy Behar and the others. And, and like, not just uncomfortable, but bordering on real anger. (laughs) Here we go. Okay, Norm, you're Canadian. Yes, I am. So what do you think of this whole presidential mess? Uh, well, I, I hope that uh, uh, the Democrats don't steal the election from the, uh, the winner, you know, but who knows? <laughs> you like George Bush, don't you? I love George Bush, man. He's a good man, decent, you know, none of this. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's not a... Uh, a lie or a crook murder or anything like that. So it'd be good to get the. See, I I don't. I think we should get the homicide out of the White House and get like a a, a fresh start because we don't want any more murderers. I think no, we, we should just go on to the next question. Oh. Who are the murderers? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Clinton. He murdered a guy. Yeah. You know we're not allowed. No, you're not no, allowed to put out no, no, no accusations without. That's a little Charlie. too far. That's the way it does let's work. just let's just go on to the next question. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is not my week. What can I tell you? <laughs> Oh, it's not mine either, and I'm being very nice, okay? (laughs) Be a good boy. Now, Norm. Do you never hear that? No. Listen, we don't need to talk about that. I don't want to get into this, and I don't want to hear it, and this is not the place to make those accusations. And you're supposed to be funny. Let's get on there. There you go. This is a live show. Norm, but you have been properly chastised by Barbara. So I'm not going to ask the next. Question. I thought it was a matter of record. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Let me do this, okay? okay? I'll tell you what's a matter of record. You will not be invited back if you don't shut up. Uh, All right. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk football. All right, man, manslaughter. Let's talk football. <laughs> All right, not murder, manslaughter. <laughs> that was when he was doing his Andy Kaufman-like <laughs> thing where... It's like not really. It's funny, but it's not like a bit. (laughs) He's just trying to be ornery, I guess. I thought it was a matter of record. Bill Clinton murdered a guy. (laughs) 
You know what I thought was so beautiful about this? And again, we posted the video. I think we have it, armstrongandgetty.com. If not, we will real soon. But the uh, who was the, the black gal who was on The View at that point? I don't remember her name. She was obviously a Clinton fan and getting really pissed off. And so Norm just kept going, even though Barbara was aghast, and she's the queen of the show. The other gal, who I don't remember either, is trying to turn it into humor, but trying to make him stop. And the black gal is a Clinton fan and pissed and says, you be a good boy. And Norm just plowed on in spite of all of it. Love it. What a different era, though, uh, where on a TV show, one of your guests could say, no, I'm for the Republican in this race. That's when Bill Clinton was running against Bush in 92. Um, uh, And the crowd cheers because there's some people there that believe that. And that never happens anymore where you have some of this side and some of that side. Different era. The great uh, Norm MacDonald, gone but not forgotten. Yeah, if you are a Norm MacDonald fan, he died yesterday at age 61. Um, I do highly recommend his book. It was a New York Times bestseller, and we had him on to talk about the book uh, when it came out a couple of years ago. But it is really interesting. I mean, it is a work of art. It's a combination of, well, I, I think it was the Wall Street Journal that said it's a combination of Hunter Thompson and Dostoevsky. But it is it is really something. Wow, I need to take another crack at that. Wow. Well, yeah, I think you can't go into it expect it says a memoir on the front, but it's it's the last thing it is. It's oh. just it's a series of like fever dreams all strung together. It's it's something, but it's art. Wow. All right. Hunter Thompson and Dostoevsky. I'll be danged. It's a, <laughs> is it called based on a true story? I think or am that's I thinking what something else? Yeah. That's my recollection. I don't know. Freaking Norm MacDonald's book. Google it. And he Why am I said, yelling uh, at you? <laughs> and he said, nothing in isn't true. He said, well, some of the things are true, like there was a river in there and a river is wet. That's true. But none of the other stuff is true. Interesting. Uh, how well is defunding the police going in Seattle? Not well. We can tell you about that. We need to talk more about the Bob Woodward book that is coming out and did the current sitting. Like, this isn't about a guy who's gone now. The current sitting general, that is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, is... Uh, did he take charge of the country's nuclear arsenal briefly? He doesn't get to do that. But at least according to Bob Woodward, it looks like he did. More on that in a way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tough talk about taxes became a fashion statement at the Met Gala. Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez spotted on the red carpet, rubbing shoulders with the rich. She wanted to make sure that this message was brought into that room and into a group of people who ultimately have to be willing to, um, you know, be more liberal with their uh, economic (laughs) values. (laughs) <laughs> you mean pay s loads of taxes just say it if that's what you mean there's a funny aoc note in the news too which we'll get to as soon as we can but jack has important impactful news so i don't know how many are you familiar with uh those of you listening around the country are familiar with um pioneer square in seattle but it's uh old timey and it's art and bars and music, and it's one of the coolest spots, or at least used to be one of the coolest spots in the country. I've had some of the best nights of my life 
in Pioneer Square in Seattle. Um, uh, not anymore. So quoting one woman who owns an art gallery, she uh, said this is out of the defunding the police movement that has occurred in Seattle. Mm. And it's then, going great, by so, the way, so from they, what I hear. So they're going to fund the police. They're going to fund these other organizations that were going to like community something or other. And that was going to stop crime or something. Anyway, uh, Laura Zek owns an art gallery, which is not normally a high risk enterprise when it comes to worker safety. But she finds herself today with zero employees who are willing to even come to work. Not wow. a single employee that's even willing to show up for work. They decided it's not worth it anymore, she said the other day. At this point, I have no staff who will come down here. Here's somebody who owns a restaurant. We are on the brink of having to lock our doors because our staff can no longer take being on the front lines of mental health and harassment patrol, she said. Uh, Another guy says it's like working in the wild, wild west. I don't even call the police anymore. There's no point, he says. I'm at the stage where I just try to do security for every incident personally by myself. Wow, that is a breakdown of civilization. This past week, they joined to plead with Seattle officials to help them manage a street scene they say is overwhelming the entire neighborhood. When we call the police, they say we choose not to respond, which is, uh, uh, um, I was going to say passive aggressive, but that's not the fair way to say it. It's a, what is the term? It's a, well, it's a resistance. It's a protest is what it is against what the city is doing. Yeah. Well, it's kind of passive uh, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Generally, when you say passive aggressive, though, you mean it uh, disparagingly, don't you? I don't, I don't hear. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Anderson, uh, who are we qu- quoting here? I lost my train of thought of who we're, we're quoting. A guy owns a restaurant. Uh, recounted calling police four times in one afternoon to no avail. She added in her plea, it's a woman, she added in her plea to city leaders, we know the police are understaffed and we know they aren't necessarily the solution to these problems anyway, but I'm ready for some real solutions. Yeah, like any. Um, they now regularly have to roust people who wander into the restaurant, just wander in while it's open, and start rifling through employee workstations. You didn't because get that, they're wasted. You didn't get that sort of brazen aggressiveness as much before. What? Would people would just wander in your restaurant and start messing with the employees? Uh, that's because of high rents, Jack. That's why that's happening. High housing costs. What I suspect is going on here is yet more fallout from the backward drive to reimagine or defund the police, says the, what is the name of this guy who wrote this piece? I should give him credit. Danny Westneat, the Seattle Times. Um, How the city and now the state legislature are trying to get armed police officers out of business of going to every distress call and related to mental illness and drugs. That's the goal. Remember, we all said, why are we sending police officers to a mental health situation or to somebody who's just a drug addict? Yeah, but whoa, 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 whoa. If a drugged or mentally ill person is assaulting somebody or invading a business or rifling through your belongings and all, that's a crime call. That's not a drug call. Just because the guy's on drugs doesn't make it a drug call. The problem is the city and state haven't yet stood up any replacement for the police, let alone judged it to see if that replacement works. But meanwhile, a new triage one crisis team proposed to replace the cops in many of these types of situations won't be running until next year sometime. The city council approved $700,000 for a pilot program on Monday. And I would like to know how well that's going to work even when you get it going up. So you're going to have a mental health professional that's going to show up to the restaurant where a whole bunch of drug crazed or just thieves are in there in the restaurant taking stuff. And what is this mental health professional going to do? Exactly. Uh, they going to uh, tell him, sorry, you're feeling so stressed, but you really need to stop stealing or I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work. 
Um, well, I, I'm glad with the lab. I mean, I'm glad I don't have a business in Pioneer Square in Seattle, and I'm glad that's not my plan for what I want to do tonight for fun. Uh, because I like having these laboratories of democracy, is a phrase that we really like, uh, where different states and different cities get to try different things, and the rest of us get to look at them and see how it's working out. But here is Seattle screaming as loud as it can, I think, to the rest of the country, defunding the police doesn't work! Saying you'll have mental health professionals deal with crime doesn't work! How about that? Freaking amazing. You got this art gallery where she doesn't have one employee who's willing to show up for work because it's too freaking dangerous in the neighborhood. And it wasn't too dangerous to be in that neighborhood, you know, a couple of years ago before Chaz and before all this defund the police nonsense that it all came out of the George Floyd thing, right? Starting in, in Minneapolis and traveled to places like Seattle. Chaz. I used to go to Pioneer Square years ago, never felt unsafe once. I mean, it's a artsy sort of area, and you'd have your, you know, it wasn't for, for, for the kids late at night, but I never felt unsafe. And now you can't even get an employee to show up to a restaurant or an art gallery. That's crazy. We're living in Crazyville. <laughs> they need to re- rename Pioneer Square Crazyville or Crazy Town. Anyway, we'll keep our eye on that, and hopefully the rest of us will learn a lesson from this whole, all this madness. Uh, a couple other stories we need to hit are the, hit on uh, the FBI investigation of old Nasser. Remember the doctor who was uh, sexually abusing gymnasts? Remember that story? Got an update on that in hour number four. Armstrong and Getty.